To me, my money is like a human because we're energy and money is energy. The only real difference is the form that we show up in this world. And the energy you put into your money is the energy your money is giving back to you. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the show. I have such a fun guest on for you guys today, and we get into such a good conversation all about money. The guest today is Miss Lou Clark. Lou is a CFO, a profit-first professional, and money mentor to coaches and online entrepreneurs. She started her financial business in 1995 by working tax time in an accounting firm. In 2001, Lou opened up her financial firm and has since helped thousands of entrepreneurs with their money, their mindset, and putting their profit first. In 2006, Lou found herself married, the mom of two sons with number three on the way, and $3 from bankruptcy. We're going to get into this story, you guys. It is a good one. In her 28th year in business now, she's married. She's a mom of four boys. She now has a multi-million dollar net worth and is helping multiple six and seven figure women create the same. So if you didn't catch that, Lou went from $3 in bankruptcy to having a multi-million dollar net worth and a thriving online business. And yes, we are going to go into all of the juicy details together inside of this episode. Fun fact, Lou is also called the money medium due to her strong connection to the universal energies and those who now live in the afterlife. Lou is truly a money trilogy. Lou is such a a breath of fresh air when it comes to talking about your finances. I love that her name is The Money Medium, you guys. She does have such a beautiful way of knowing the strategies of money, but also talking about the energy of it. And so I know you guys are going to love this episode. Let's dive in. Lou, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. How are you doing? I'm good, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be an incredible, however long we are here, because I think you and I could actually talk for hours and hours and hours. So hopefully we can keep it condensed for your listeners, because this is going to be, I might date myself by saying this, but this is going to be like off the chain. That's what we used to say back in the day. <laughs> I know off the chain. It's not too not too dated. But I agree. And I am so excited for everybody to get to know you and for us to dive into this and really dig into the conversation we have today. But before we do, before we get in, I would love for everybody just to get to know some quick fun things about you. First off, I would just love to know where are you from? So I'm Lou Clark. I reside, born, raised in Ontario, Canada. And uh people are like, where in Ontario? Literally, I always say 
if you look at Detroit and go straight up, you'll literally hit my city. That's how close we are to the American border. And I sometimes really wish I lived in the States more than Canada. I love my country, but a lot of my clients are American. So I always feel like I miss out from there, but I am an Ontario kid. I was born and raised here. I've lived in the same city since the day I was born. So I do travel, but I'm still here right now. (laughs) My next question, what is your Zodiac and what's your human design? Okay. So from what I know, my sign is a Pisces and I have been told a whole bunch of different things because nobody actually believes I'm a Pisces, but I guess there's like different, I'm not into it uberly. I wish I was, but like, I agree with like, tell me more. I'll feed into it and love on it and enjoy it, embrace it. But someone just told me I was like a Leo, uh, something I have a moon rising. That's a Leo. I'll have to look into it, but I'm very, I believe very Leo, but Pisces and then human design. I've been told I'm a generator. Again, I believe maybe my parents messed up my like time of birth because <laughs> when I hear all of them, to me, I'm a manifesting generator, but my, my actual chart says I'm a generator. Generator doesn't surprise me for you because you've got the energy to do all the things and like you're so passionate about what you do and then I feel like that just feeds into this own like motor of you can just go, 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 go. So I could see that. I feel like that fits for you. Maybe I just want to be a manifesting generator. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I am. I I do. I do. I am impartial to it. I do love being the best of both of those. But generators were very close. Well, everybody heard your intro coming in, but for those of you who don't know Lou so well, Lou is an amazing coach. You're an amazing money mentor. You're a CFO. You're a profit first professional, which we can get into that later on what that all means. You have a multi-million dollar network. You have a bookkeeping firm. And by all means, Lou, you have an amazing relationship with money. I feel like you really do at this stage of the game. And the first thing I want to know about you and talk about with everyone here is Did you always have a good relationship with money? What was money like for you growing up? Did you have conversations about it growing up? Were you always like this? Is it natural? What's your backstory with money? When I started understanding more about money and what was going on and and how it worked, I did have a parent who was an accountant. Mm. So you would think, oh, that's where Lou gets it all from. No, actually, funny enough, we, I was never taught about money. I literally was like Hillary Banks from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, I'd just be like, can I have some money? And they would grease my palms. Can I have some money? And they grease my palms. My parents actually um, divorced. And so I got into playing them against each other. So I always had more money than I needed because I'd be like, oh, I just came from so-and-so's house and they wouldn't give me $5 for the store. Oh, I'll give you 10 Like. There, you know what? If you learn to use the word manipulation in a beautiful way, that wasn't it. But I did learn that the, 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 there is a beauty in being able to manipulate certain things within your own personal life. But I would say I never worried about money. I never focused on money. I never cared about money. I always had money. I had my parents also would leave like their change out. I'm pretty sure they knew I took it. I really hope that, I mean, by this time, they know I took it. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. They have a dollar. I'm going to get a dollar and go get an ice cream or something. So it really did come to a space. It came to a space of like money was everywhere. Did we have a lot? No. But did I know that we weren't rich? No. 
Did I know that there was like bank accounts to balance and bills to pay? And like, I knew nothing about that until I was taught about a credit card. And that was the first part is I had a parent who taught me about credit cards and how like, I thought they always just like whipped out this gold card. And I was like, Oh, I want one of those. Look at what you get to buy. And they're like, no, 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 this is how it works. And I, I remember saying to myself, why the hell would anybody use one of those? Right? Because this is early, like I would say mid eighties, not to date me myself too far back. But so I would say growing up, I had a love, love relationship with money. I didn't understand the ramifications. Like it just was always there. Mm. That being mm-hmm. said, it was like that until I was about 17 years old when I met my now husband. Uh, we met when we, we, I was 15, but we started getting like really super serious when I was 17, 18 years old. And he was the boy next door, which was super cool. Like I married the boy next door. Like it's, oh. it's such a thing. But he came from a very poverty family. So for me, money was always around me. Money loved me. I loved money. It showed up. It was like, oh, a quarter. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. And I also knew how to like make money growing up from the young age into the teenage years, even getting my first job, getting that paycheck. I didn't have to blow it. I could just keep it. But I knew if I spent it, I'd get more. Like that was my relationship with money. My husband, he came from a more uh, poverty place where his uh, family had some financial hard times and uh, they've moved across the country a few times. And it got to a point like his story is so remarkable to me because not that we're going to go into his, but like there was a point where he didn't even have a bedroom. He slept on the couch uh, wow. in, a, in, the, in the, yeah, like it was, they had a two bedroom apartment. They were landlords. That's how they were able to survive. He slept on the couch. So when you bring someone who is like, money's amazing, money loves me, money loves to be in my hands, like all those affirmations you hear online, you bring that person together with a I have no money that sucks. Why do we have to work for money like that? And you pair them together. One overtakes the other. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, how that that came together, because that is extreme opposite. And I will just share, I have that almost the same experience, but in the opposite way with my partner and I, where he's very much like you. Money's always there. Money's fun to play with versus I came from more of the scarcity background. So how, when you two came together, how did that merge? It was easier for me to take on his persona than for me to try and push on my persona. So we kind of went from, uh, hey, look, money just shows up. Okay, great. Let's just spend it all. Okay, wait, money just shows up. Okay, like we'll just spend it all. Now we have none. Now we got to go work our butts off. Now we've got to do this. Now we've got to do that. And so uh, we both have come to a place now in our conversation where it is literally like, we went through what we needed to go through in order to bring the knowledge and education now to the world that we can bring. So when we look back on our relationship and how it came together, we definitely went into the poverty mindset. However, we had a business that started to grow really, really well. We sold our home where we were living and we moved across town so I could be closer to our highest paying, highest, most involved client who was paying me back then. That was like 2006. They were paying me $4,000 a month. I had one client. I had lots of clients, but one paying me four grand a month. 
I was, we just bought a brand new, like 3000 square foot home. And I was pregnant with son number three. And we moved in a month later. I told the, my client that I was pregnant with baby number three and they fired me and people might go, Oh my gosh, that's gotta be like against the law. No, I was a contractor. They can do it. They can do whatever they really want. And so from that perspective, we ended up becoming $3 from bankruptcy. And that was the moment when we said, there's more to life than this. There has to be more. Sure. I could, we could pay our bills, but that was it. What was that first business that you were working on that you got fired from in the midst of pregnancy number three? It's our bookkeeping firm that we still have 28 years later. That's amazing. What was that like back then? How did you guys make a plan? You're $3 from bankruptcy. You are pregnant with baby number three. You've got two little kids. How old were they then? They would have been four and four and two, four and two. How did you two look around and how did you start to, to pull yourself out of that? What were the steps? What were the conversations that you had there? Well, the first conversation ended up happening at, uh, if you are Canadian or you know about Canada, the one thing you would know is Tim Hortons, which is our donut coffee shop. It's, it's the chain, uh, that's if you have to go Canada, they say Tim Hortons. Right. And so we were sitting outside of a Tim Hortons and we were, we were going to an appointment and I didn't have time to feed the kids breakfast. So I'm like, let's just stop at Tim's. We call it Tim's. Let's just stop at Tim's on the way. And so we stopped at Tim's and the boys, I want a juice. I want a bagel. I want a muffin. I want it like that. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, okay. And I looked at my husband, I go, the cards are all maxed. There is no money in the bank account. It's in overdraft of like four grand. I didn't think this through. Like, what money do you have? And he literally pulled out, which in Canada, we don't have dollar bills for our small, like for our small numbers, but he pulled out what we call a loony and a toonie, which is a $1 coin and a $2 coin. And he held it in his hand. He goes, this is all we got. And I looked at him and said, well, I'm not going to repeat what I said in so many words, but like, what the frack? Like, seriously, what have we done? How did we get here? And the first thing we did is started blaming ourselves. My husband started blaming him. He was in the business with me and a man's like, he was like, I didn't provide. I didn't this. I wasn't enough. I wasn't, I was like, no, 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 no. We're, we're a team. We did this together, but we had to understand that like, yes, it was our problem. Yes, it was our fault. But at the same time, I never saw this client leave. Like I, that was never a thought, at least without notice, because I was running bookkeeping for eight of their practices. This wasn't just a, what, like, this was a big deal, right? And so we, yeah, and we did not prepare. So just to give you some terminology, if that client was here now, they'd be about $20,000 a month. So just wow. to kind of tell you what 4,000 really meant back, back then, they'd be about 20 K now if, if they showed up, but it just got to a point where we had to come to realization. This is what life was. And this is where we are. And at that time there weren't business coaches. There weren't like, there wasn't even like YouTube really to go watch videos, right? Like back then the secret was the move and it was a movie, right? This the movie, the secret. And that's when one of our clients was like, you guys okay? We're like, well, this is where we're at and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, have you watched Secret? And I was like, no, but I don't think that's like, I was very like against it because it seemed really woohoo to me, but we ended up getting into the secret and it was like, oh, that's really interesting. Well, then what my husband did was he started researching all of the 
the past, like people who lived in the past, he started researching all of them, like Neville Goddard. Um, I, now the names are all running past my head, but like Watkinson, like all the different people, he started researching them. Then he started reading their works. And we started diving into all of the old, it'd be like going and reading all of like Albert Einstein's works. Like that's what he did. And I was the mom, I was being mom. He was being dad. I was working and he would like work. He was working behind me and he'd turn around and go Lou. And I'd be like, what? He's like, and he would rhyme off something that just downloaded into his spirit. And at that point we were like, okay, there is something bigger. There is something deeper. There is something that is more to this life than what we're living. There's something more physical. Did we understand spiritual? Yes. Do we understand energetics? No. And that's the piece we really tapped into. And at that point, we were starting to feel really good about our money. We started building a sexy relationship with our money. We put our money first. Like we put our relationship there, but like, okay, is this make, like we'd ask the right questions when we were starting to pay off things or save for things or spend money. And at that same time, I looked at my husband, I said, it's great. We're learning this, but we need something to put all this into practice. We tried the envelopes. We tried the mason jars. We tried the bank accounts and none of it seemed to work for us. And that's why I developed my own plan. And that plan is what got us out of bankruptcy. And so it's freaky when you've got a Friday, you get to Friday and you pay all your bills and you realize you have no money for groceries and you got to call a client and say, would you mind paying me early? I need money. <laughs> That's what we, we never borrowed from people. We totally maxed out cards and refinanced. But in the end, it was like, we had to take responsibility. We ate spaghetti for so long and ground beef and mashed potatoes and rice. Like my kids now, they are not huge fans of like certain foods because of how much we ate them. And we ended up having to do, we did whatever it took. You know what I mean? Like we weren't staying here. We did, we did whatever it took to get to where we wanted to go. And there was nothing that was going to change that. And I still, to this day, so what are we, 2023? So I, I can't even do that. 17 years later, to this day, I still use the same systems in a different way, but I use the same system. Okay. Well, you got to tell us what are the, what are the systems? What are the plan? Is this the infamous, the, the piggy bank plan that I've heard about? It is the piggy bank plan. So I have always had a fetish with piggy banks. Even when I was little, even my kids were little, they used to have a little piggy bank. And when the grandparents would come over, they'd walk around the room with the piggy bank, like shaking it. And the parents would put quarters in it. And then like a month later, the kids would open it and they'd be all excited about all the money they saved. Right. So when, when, when our H and I got to a point where we just had to fix our shit, like this is it. I'm not going to borrow. Like there's nothing to borrow. <laughs> there's no money anywhere to borrow. And I was not going to my parents and he was not going to go to his parents. So I said to him, remember when like Nate used to walk around with the piggy bank and we did it. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what if we started to use a piggy bank? Like, what if we created a plan that really helped us to understand the ebbs and flows of our money, when money's coming in, when money's going out, and we were able to pay off debt and stash money. And he was like, that sounds cool. So I literally created this process. To me, it was like, not like, I didn't think it was anything. To me, it was just how I did my money. As we say now, that's how I date my money. I have a money date every single week. That's how I date my money. And it wasn't until about 2021 
that I had a, a client, like a, a client on uh, Instagram. She came in, she's like, I need help with my personal finance. And I was like, well, I've got this, like, I can show you my plan. And I showed her my plan and she's like, why are, is this not a program? Why is this not something someone can buy? And I was like, really? It's just like this thing. And, and this thing has now just taken a, a life of its own. And it's just incredible to see, like, we think piggy bank is so childish, but if we got more childish with our money, if we became more childish with our money, then it takes me, for me, it took me back to how I was when I said I was growing up and money was all around me and all just showed up. It was always here. Like sitting here in my office right now, I can see Gus. He is my blue piggy bank. Emily, for you, you can see he's kind of like in this space right mm -hmm. here. He's got thousands of dollars. I don't know how much, but I know he's got about thousands. Like he's got thousands of dollars in him. So I'm always surrounded by money while I work. And I find that's really important energetically for me. Like, heck, even in my, <laughs> even in my desk, I'm going to show you, you guys can't see if you're watching the, but even in my desk, I don't, I get these for Christmas. I just haven't <laughs> done it. I even have scratch tickets that oh have not gosh. been scratched in my desk. I've got free coupon for ice cream. Like I, this is all to me is, is wealth. So I'm always surrounded in some form The like my, my jewelry, I wear my gold necklace. Like I always am surrounded by wealth because it makes me feel incredible. And it's because of the energy that I've created with money that's taking me here. So I just want to say one last thing on the piggy bank plan. It's like, well, what do we do? We literally track the ins and the outs allocate for savings, allocate for uh, debt repayment. And then we also get to play with some money. So when I opened Gus in December of 2022, he had $8,000 in him. Not too shabby for a little blue ceramic piggy bank. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that. There's so much goodness in there, Lou. I like, first off, I want to say I now keep cash in my desk because of you. Because of hearing you talk about how you love being surrounded by your money and you get to look at it and you get to talk about it, I never had, and I'm sure so many people listening can feel this too, that I didn't have that kind of playful, fun relationship with money growing up. Money was stress growing up, and that was all I heard about it. Like, there's never enough money. Money causes fights. Like, that was all I knew. And so even just hearing you talk about this now and being like, well, it's fun to play with your piggy bank. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I had a piggy bank when I was little and I did love it. I even had like a little banking system, like an electronic one later on that looked like a little vault. And I'm like, yes, why would I not want to be in that money, that energy with my money all the time? I feel like even just hearing you talk about this is shifting a little bit more in me again of like, okay, but let's have fun with it. I think it's so cool that your husband too was down when you were like, well, let's let's play with the piggy bank to get ourselves out of this situation. <laughs> And he was on board with it. I mean, that's pretty incredible as well, too. I feel like you must have rubbed some of your money programming off on him. You know what? When you see something work, you can't deny it. Do you know what I mean? Like when you like you are now dead, you're doing is it deadlift? What are you doing? What kind of weight are you doing now? You're doing heavy lifting, but what's it called exactly? It's called Olympic weightlifting. Okay. So you've been doing it for a, a couple of weeks, I think, or maybe a bit longer, but you're, you're starting to see results. Like yes. you're starting to see how you're developing, how your body's taking it, how you're growing. Like you're not going to go, Oh, this is really good. I think I'm going to stop. 
when right. things start working, you're like, you become more addicted to it. And that's the thing, like our piggy bank and in a most beautiful way is an addiction. Our money is in the most beautiful way, an addiction. Like I was just talking to husband this past weekend because we got to go and play with some cash. He got to buy a car that he loved from his childhood and we paid cash. And I even like, I put on Instagram, like I had $13,000 in an envelope and someone actually messaged me, why would you pay that in cash? And I'm like, because it's fun. Why, why not paying cash? Like, but she's like, but little cash, you could have done a bank transfer. I'm like, yeah, but the energy of having that money, like we need to normalize that. So for me, it used to be $20 in my wallet. Right. And, and, and then it became a hundred. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a hundred dollars in my wallet. Now I have like two, $3,000 cash in my wallet. And it's the, it feels the energy around it is the same as if it was a hundred dollars because I've neutralized the increases, right? So for me to hold 13, and I've held more than this, but it hasn't been for a while because we don't, we play, but we don't play often, but when we do, we play very big, right? (laughs) And so like to hold that money for like, I think I had it for six or seven hours. Um, Normally I I would count it. Normally I make sure all the heads are in the same direction. Like I'm very like that with my money, but it was just in the Jeep, uh, that we, when we go pick up the car, it was just sitting there. And I'm just like, is it weird that we have $13,000 in an envelope just sitting here? And we kind of forgot it was there. Like it becomes that neutral. And so when you have systems that work, that neutralize your energy around the different levels of money, that's when you know things are changing. So when my husband would see the bank account balance going up and be like, not going from, Oh my God, we have five grand to like, Oh, five grand. Really cool. Then, you know, you're, you're moving in the right direction. Then, you know, you're shifting in the right direction. And that's when it's really important to go, okay, I'm growing in my relationship with my money. And so it's just, it's cool that he's got on board. I'll tell you what's even much cooler in my opinion. My oldest is now, uh, he'll be 21 this year in 2023 the dude, okay. I wanted to give somebody a piggy bank for their son's birthday. And I have one little tiny blue piggy bank. I didn't know where my pig went. Um, cause I have a few in my background here, but I was like, Nate, do you have my blue piggy? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I need it. I was going to gift it to someone. He's like, well, it's kind of full. And I go, what? He's like, well, it's kind of full. I go of what? He goes, I've been saving all my fives. He's a server. So he gets a lot of tips. He's like, I've been putting all my fives away. He's like, actually, I was going to come ask you for one of your other piggy banks. I need a bigger piggy bank. So my 21-year-old, without even me saying, hey, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? He's automatically doing all of this on his own. And I'm like, how much do you think you had saved? He goes, I don't know. I'm just keeping it there until I have to move away for school. Cause he's got like post post secondary, um, to become a chiropractor and he needs money for rent and all the things. Right. And I'm just like, mama did good. (laughs) Mama did good. When I see my second generation operating the same system that I operated, it's just like, damn it, this shit works. And people are catching on and it's like money can be fun. Money can be easy. I'm sure like somebody listening right now, they're like, yeah, of course money is fun when you have money. (laughs) Of course it's exciting to see the numbers go up in the bank account. 
How do we though yeah. not fall into the, the trap of having a really negative reaction and going into scarcity when we see the numbers go down? Because I love this idea of money neutrality. And I feel like that's what we're all reaching for is we don't want to have a reactive response to money or the numbers in our bank account. But for somebody who's not quite there yet, how do we how do we rectify and how do we come to terms with not not going into that negative place when we might not see our bank account where we want it yet so that we can get to the place where we can have fun with money, but also not have that mean too much either, right? Because it's easy to have fun when everything's up, but what about when it's not always up? So number one is you have to do the most suckiest thing in the entire world, which is understand your actions, your thoughts, your energy have created your financial consequences you're living today. So if you're not happy with where your finances are today, it's because of everything you did or you've done leading up to today. So it's like, oh man, like I remember one of the reasons we went um, $3 to bankruptcy, it's not just like this client leaving was a huge blow, but we were always taught to like act as if we hear this all the time, right? Act as if you have the million dollars, act as if your bank account is overflowing. And unfortunately the people who have taught that at least in the past, when we learned from them was like, not go, it's not, it doesn't mean go buy the Lincoln. It doesn't mean go on all the trips. It doesn't mean spend $20,000 a year at Starbucks. It doesn't mean that act as if is all from a mental capacity and an energetic state, right? So that's one reason where we got. So if you want to be someone who is operating with multiple five or six figures in the bank account and you're building a net worth and you're like, I've got a hundred bucks left over at the end of the month, you can get to the five, six figures a month. You can. But what's more important is what are you doing with what you already have? So when I say your past experiences, your past of how you dealt with money, your past relationship with money has brought you to today. Deal with it. Like, okay, what was me? I, I totally messed this up. I need to fix it. What the heck do I do next? Okay. Realize what you've done. Admit it. Feel the crummy feeling about it for a few minutes. And then it's like, okay, what do I do next? Number one, look at all of the bills that you have to pay. Your rent, your utilities, your phone, your food, whatever you're paying for, okay? Your internet, your cars, whatever it might be. And look at how much money you have coming in. If you have more expenses than you do income, just stop right there and you've got to fix that. Whether you're making more money or you cut down on your expenses, that's number one. If you get to the end of the month and you've got an extra hundred bucks or $50 or whatever the number is, what are you doing with that? Are you blowing it? Are you spending like, when I say blowing it, it's like, to me, I enjoy good Starbucks, but if I had 50 bucks left and I went to Starbucks, I just blew that money. Right? So are you turning it into an investment? Are you having it work for you instead of you working for it? And on that note, there's that piece there as well. When you get to the point of like, I totally messed this up. Here's how I'm going to fix it going forward. When you realize that money works for you and you don't work for money, everything changes. And you can hear me say that, but you have to acknowledge and understand it from an energetic piece. It's like my money works for me. I don't work for money. Yes. Because I am not a slave to money. You are speaking directly to my soul. I have been very open about this with my audience and on my social media, but I had a terrible relationship with money for so 
long. And now I love my money. I, I love looking at my money. I love playing with my money. I love all the things. But that process you just described is exactly what happened to me. First, I had to take ownership over the fact that I had no money because for so long, it was just so easy to just be mad at my family and mad at the generations of people before me that didn't know how to manage their money and didn't teach me how to manage their money. And I was like, I'm just the victim here. It's my fault that we don't have any money and that I didn't get paid to go to a good school. Like my parents didn't pay my way. Like that was what I stuck to for so long. And eventually I just got to a point where I was like, well, you're still broke, Emily. So (laughs) what are we going to do about this? And then I did exactly Exactly. what you said. I went through and I looked at my expenses versus what was coming in. And this was a point where I was working a nine to five. So I had a steady paycheck so I could see everything very obviously. And I was like, oh, you are not making as much as you're spending. That is a huge problem. And so then I had to do exactly what you said. I was like, okay, well, where can we cut that you don't need right now? Like maybe you think you want it. Maybe you think you need it. Maybe you're telling yourself that it makes you feel expansive and abundant, but you just, it's not in the bank right now. So you can't do that. <laughs> and then yeah. I got to honestly see like, oh, you are, there is, there could be a little bit of money left in the bank, but you are blowing it. And you don't feel like you're blowing it because you're like, it's 50 bucks here and there. Like, it's not like you're spending big yes. amounts of money. It's not like you're buying the fancy car, but I was blowing it. And I was blowing it on little things. And I feel like, honestly, I was addicted to being in that place of scarcity. And to pull myself out of it was just honestly looking at where my money was moving and saying, like, yeah. does this feel good to me or does this not feel good to me? And I'm not, I'm not perfect yet, but I would say that my money management has come a long way. And I just wanted to share this piece in case anybody is listening right now and they're like, okay, maybe I need to do some of this. Like it is possible to get better, especially if you've got someone like Lou in your corner, which I do now. I love, I love having my Lou and we have weekly money dates and it is the best thing ever. So I want to shift the conversation a little bit here because we work with entrepreneurs. We're in the entrepreneurial space. And we do work and have businesses where there's large amounts of money coming in. And we talk about this all the time in the online space, like people making high multi-five figures, six figures a month even, seven figures a month even, like people bringing in yearly salaries in a month. We're always talking about money coming in, but we never talk about managing that money. It's almost not part of the conversation at all. Like very rarely do you find somebody who's talking about, okay, here's what you do with all this money. And unfortunately, we know that a lot of coaches do have a hard time holding on to it. Even if they're bringing in all of this money, multi-five figures and up a month, why aren't people keeping what they earn? What do you think that this comes down to? And what are some of the strategies that we can put into, into place to ensure that money isn't flowing out as fast as it's flowing in? So I love this so much because- I love celebrating all the women I see online who talk about their sales. So like at the time of recording this, it's early in a month. So soon in the next few days, we're going to see people posting like they made this much this month and this is my sales or this is my cash sales, right? We're in an industry now that like sales isn't enough anymore. People want to know your Mm -hmm. cash sales, right? But I take it one step further and I'd be like, how much money did you pay yourself? How much money do you have left? Because like I could come on here and go, and this, I'm I'm telling you a true number, but I'm saying this as a sarcastic piece. Okay. I could come to you right now and say, Emily, guess what? In the seven weeks of like seven weeks, March and like two weeks of April, I shifted. This is me talking and this is legit, but I'm being funny at the same time. 
I shifted my sales system to a new system online. In the first seven weeks of that new system online, I brought in $90,000 in sales, not cash because there's like mentorships and year long memberships and that kind of thing. But $90,000 came through my coaching, like $1,000 came through my coaching as sales in seven weeks. I don't do this full time. A lot of that was passive income, right? Mm. And I could tell you, and I could go online right now and be like, I did this 90,000 out of nowhere, $90,000 in sales like came in. And it's like, I feel like that's in a way it's, it's, it's cool to share, but if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, how much of that did you keep Lou? How much of that did you pay yourself Lou? And, and people might say, well, that's none of anybody's business. And most coaches won't share any of that. I'm saying there's a piece of the reason they're only selling or it's not selling. Well, they are using it to sell, but the only reason they're sharing cash sales is because it blows our minds when we see someone making multiple five or six figures. But behind all that is for a lot of people is a, is, is a place of like, yeah, I made that, but I have nothing left. And the reason being is they don't have a strong relationship with their money. They have not created boundaries within their money, right? This is why I've brought profit first into the coaching arena Mm -hmm. is because when we run Mm -hmm. with profit first, we run profit first with you, Emily, you know, when we break up all your money based on our accounts, this is what you get to spend. Right. And, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Why we've created a relationship with money. We've created a boundary with yourself and with your money. You don't want to take advantage of your money. Like I always say this to my clients that come on, like the way you make, it's incredible. You know how to pull it out of the money realm, but how you manage it is not incredible. And the piece is, is if you look at the way you, you are with your money, If that was a human being, do you think that human being would want to stick around? Do you think that human being would want to do a sleepover with you? Do you think that human being would want to continue to be in your energy? For my clients, when I relate money as a human being, it changes everything. I actually said to a client once, if your money was a child, what state, like what grade in school, what state would it be in? And she's like, my child would have passed on two years ago. Oh no. I love thinking about it like a person. When you come to realize that money is energy, just like we are energy, the moment you begin to understand that we basically are the same energy as money, that's when everything also starts to change. And what we have to remember is what we put out is mirrored back to us. We've heard that so many different times in this space, but what's not talked about is what does that mean for money? So when you put negative energy out towards your money, that's what you're going to get back. So when you put out thoughts, you're reaping the, the results of those thoughts. So if you're like, oh my God, my money sucks. I have none. There's not enough. Nope. There's never going to be enough. Nope. You're never going to have any. So we even go back a little bit and talk about acting as if you need to like make love to your money. Be like, oh my gosh, I'm just so happy there's $3 in my bank account. Like, this is incredible. The fact I have $3 feels so expansive and so remarkable. 
And then like you start to change the energy of yourself and your money that way. So it's really, really important that what you put out, you get back. That's just, that's, that is, that is energetics. That's alignment. That's universal law. And you have to remember, like, even if it looks like really shitty money, you have to be at a point where you're like, that actually is really good. I actually, guess what? I made my minimum payment this month on my credit card. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. Like play into that energy more than like, I only paid a monthly minimum payment. Like I wish, no, celebrate everything, even if it's little, because when you become ruler over little, you become ruler over much. Okay. I love that. That is such a good shift. I remember when I was starting to get out of debt from my student loans, that was all I could do was just make the minimum payments. But there was something in looking at the plan and seeing like, okay, maybe it's a zillion payments right now that I have left, but eventually this is going to be paid off. And then I I was able to shift into like, okay, this is a fun goal now. Like this is a fun thing for me to be working towards and make little progress that way. And so I like what you said of like celebrate even the little pieces right now because you're shifting the energy and that's the whole goal. And it's the plan. So you mentioned a question before. I know I've given lots of steps. One piece though is you have to become, and I, I don't love using this word with money because it can be taken the wrong way. But when you are so far below where you need to be financially, there is a sense of safety that has to be created. Yes. Right. And having a plan creates a sense of safety. Uh, that's what the piggy pl- bank plan does. It creates, it, it gives you safe energy. So when you're looking at it going, man, I might have a zillion payments left, but I know when this ends. There's a sense of safety in that. And that's something that our human brains really look for is like, are we safe? Is this okay? And so when you create some form of a plan, some form of a system, it changes the energy. And when you change your energy that's going in, you change the energy that's projected out, which means your money then starts to change its energy. And one simple thing you can do in order to do that is what I call shifting the new zero. I created this thought process back in 2006. I see it showing up now in books. I don't know these people, but I was like, Ooh, the Mm. universe was dropping this to so many different people, but I created the new zero. So if right now your bank account, your zero is zero, I want you to up it. I want you to increase it. So your new zero is a hundred dollars. And then next month, increase it a little bit more and increase it every single month. We did that. We started with our new zero being a hundred because we were always in the red. It was like, let's just get it. Like it was, let's get it. We got it to a hundred. And I'm like, do you think we can get to 150? Oh yeah, we can do it for 150. Then we'd increase it and we'd increase it. And it became a game. It became a competition with ourselves. And it was like, I don't want that Starbucks right now. Or I don't want to buy that thing right now because I'm having fun building my new zero. And our new zero in our business is now $70,000. My accounts don't drop under 70K because that's what feels energetically aligned for me right now. So that's something else you can do because you've got to shift the energy that you're giving your money. Oh, this is so good. I love that you are able to talk about the energy of money alongside the strategic of it. I want to back up just a half step here because you mentioned profit first. and I know you're a profit first professional. I work with you in profit first. For people who may have never heard of profit first before, what is it? What is it all about? 
Well, Profit First actually comes from a book. I'm just going to, I know that your readers can't, or your readers, your followers can't see it, but Profit First is, has written and was created and written by Mike Michalowicz. And basically the whole preface of Profit First is this. Most businesses are cash eating monsters. It's like the money comes, it's like Pac-Man and the ghost, right? The money comes mm. in and then it gets eaten. Like the, the ghost would be the money. The money comes in and the Pac-Man eats it. Like it's just one of those chasing games. But we want to get your business to a place where we can transform it into a money-making machine. And I mean cash, not numbers on a spreadsheet or in a financial statement. I mean cash in the bank. And the whole piece of Profit First is this. In the accounting world, if you go and ask your accountant right now, how do you create profit? They're going to say sales minus expenses equals profit. That's what we're taught. What you bring in less what you put out equals what you have left over. So that's profit. With profit first, we actually flip the script and we go sales minus profit equals expenses. So we literally take the profit first out of the sales. So in the profit first, we pay the owner first, we take profit first, we put these in bank accounts, then we put money away for taxes, and then we go and put the remainder into operating expenses. This way, you aren't spending the entire amount that comes in. One of the main pieces I see is when a coach or even any business owner has a big lump sum come in for a sale, like maybe someone paid in full and you got $15,000. They take that 15 grand and go, Ooh, I want to hire this coach. Ooh, I want to buy this stuff. Ooh, I want to do this. Ooh, I want to do that. It's like, Whoa, wait a second. Like, let's slow the roll a little bit before we just get excited about having the money. And here's something else I want to say on that. If large cash amounts come into your bank and you get uberly excited and you just want to spend it, like, ooh, what can I do with this money? You have not neutralized your energy with that amount of money. So right now, I, I literally have $13,000 in my pocket. I can do whatever I want with. My husband, that's what we did. We took some money. He got 13K, bought a car. I got 13K. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Does Lou need a Louie? Do I need like another gold necklace? I could wear two and I have one from Tiffany's. Should I go on a trip? Could I get a hot tub? He's like, what are you going to pick? I'm like, I don't need to pick right now. He's like, you should let it sit there. I'm like, yeah, I'm neutral. When money comes in, you if you're in a great, sexy, romantic, energetic relationship with your money, when it shows up and it says, hey, baby, here I am. Look at all what I brought you. You're not like, ooh, let me have the entire, you know, full course of who you are right now. Like you're not asking your money when that money jumps into your bank account. You're not whisking it off to bed to be extremely intimate. You might like take it for like drinks. Like it's a dating piece, right? Take it for drinks, feel it out. Where is it going to go? What's it want to do? Like, that's literally when I say date your money is like, be smart with it. Just enjoy little pieces of it. Work up to the climax. We don't need to like, let's be honest. I'm going to go here for a second because I'm a very sexual human being and I love talking about it with money. <laughs> Orgasms would not be great if they happened in the first 15 seconds of being with your partner. <laughs> and the same is said with money. You will have more enjoyment the, the longer you, you, nourish, you nourish it, the longer you keep it around you, the longer you like 
make it feel good, make you feel good. Like it's a lot more fun. This is why people who had nothing now have something tend to enjoy it more is because of the process, right? When people win a lottery, it's usually within three years, they've blown the whole amount. Yes. Because there was no journey to the process. There was no, right? I mean, I'll tell you right now, when I make a spaghetti now, it is a mean spaghetti. And it's the most incredible spaghetti because I had Chef Boyardee when we had no money. And now it's like I've served, like I even served everybody dinner last night. I made a huge Italian dinner. Listen, it was chicken parm and spaghetti. It wasn't anything super exciting, but it's how I did it. Every, the boys wanted to drink out of like w- water out of wine glasses and I served them fancy Caesar salads and like we made it a thing. It wasn't like, hey, come get your spaghetti, right? We've now made it a thing. And that's where it's really important is like, it's not about the end result. It's really about the journey. I love the end result. But as soon as you get to an end result, Emily, I'm sure you're going to go, yup. As soon as you get to the end result, you're like, okay, that was great. Now what are we going to do? What, what What's uh-huh. the next result. What's the next journey I get to go on? It's like chasing a high. It's if you can't savor the journey, like you're saying, it's just kind of like the instant gratification is there and then it's gone. It's like, okay, what's next? Also, I've spent all my money. And you know what? It's the instant gratification is there with money because we weren't taught how to have a relationship with money. We weren't taught how much to put away. We weren't taught to have separate bank accounts for business and personal. We weren't taught things. So one thing I want to say to your listeners is this, like if you suck with your money, like if you completely are like, I am one of the worst people with money ever. I don't have a relationship. It's like repel. I'm like repellent. It like, it leaves, it leaves before it even comes in. What I would say is this, Chances are you had nobody in your life to teach you about money. It is not your fault where you are today solely. It's not solely your fault because you don't know what you don't know. So like, how can I go out and swing a baseball bat if I've never touched a baseball bat? Cause no one's never, I've never been taught how to do it. Right. I love using this. There is a NBA, there's a basketball player. His name is Pascal Siakam. Uh, He plays for the Toronto Raptors. So, I mean, this is a thing, but he was a soccer player. He played soccer. He wasn't an NBA player. He was soccer. He was in soccer. It wasn't until someone handed him a basketball and said, here is how you play the game. Here is what you do. Here is how you shoot. Here is how you defend. And within four years of shifting his sport, he's in the NBA. If no one ever handed him the basketball or taught him, he'd still be playing soccer somewhere. And he wasn't a professional soccer player. He was just, that's what his thing was from where he, from the country he was from. So like you, if he was still playing soccer, we can't be like, dude, why didn't you pick up a basketball? He'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And it's the same for anybody with money. You have to come to a place of like, I don't know what I don't know. How do I find what I need to learn? And I find with that question, everything shows up. It's almost like you're taking the shame out of the conversation. Like it's yes. it's not your fault. We don't need to spend extra time being angry or sad or shameful about it, but be open to, okay, how does this get better? I think that's a great shift that we all can make. Oh, 
There is so much goodness in this conversation, Lou. I know we are getting towards the end of our time here, though. There's one other big conversation, big place I want to take this with you because I love your thoughts on it. And I know that this is something that every entrepreneur, just about every entrepreneur listening, has found themselves having to make the decision of, do I hire the really expensive coach? Do I join this quote unquote really expensive mastermind? What is my bank account telling me? And do I listen to my bank account or do I listen to the energy and the expansion that I think I'm going to lean into or that I think I'm going to experience when I go into this container? How do we know when an investment is going to be expansive for us and be the thing that's like, okay, maybe this doesn't make a ton of sense on paper, but it's going to take me to that quantum leap that I want to go to because I need this help. I need this mentorship. And how do we decipher when it's that versus when it's our scarcity, when it's our fear telling us you need this and it's actually going to be a bad thing for us potentially if we make an investment? How do we decide? How do we know when we're being led to an expansive investment that's maybe really big on paper versus when it's something that's not a good idea for us right now? Do you have any advice for anybody making those big investments right now? Someone who has been, um, I want to watch my words here, even though I shouldn't, uh, someone who has been taken by many coaches, not so much in the last few years, but like back in like 2012 to through, through 2017. Um, I can tell you, number one, if you have anything in your gut saying this coach isn't the right coach, don't mm. get all, there's multiple, this is so multifaceted for me because I am a high investor, even when it doesn't make sense, I am that person. Um, but number one, don't be like, oh my God, that person's going to change my life. Like do your research, make sure that number one, they've been where you want to go or they are mm. where you want to be, number one. Number two, go and see what their clients are saying about them. It's really important, right? Social proof is the thing. And so that's really, really important. I also firmly believe that if you are going to invest large sum of, sums of money, no matter what that number is for you, what is your ROI going to be on that container? And I do not mean return on investment from a financial perspective. I mean, energetically, knowledge, intuition, strategy. Because I have people come to me and go, I want to work with you so badly, but I just have this 205, I'm just making up numbers, $205,000 investment I just did with a coach and I need to make that money back. If you're going into a coaching container wanting to make back what you've invested, that is the wrong energy. If you're going into a coaching container just to make money, that's the wrong energy. Okay. That's the wrong energy. You of course will reap, you will make money. But like when I was with my coach, uh, for almost two years, we were together for almost two years, just taking a break right now because I actually want to move into her private coaching, but I'm, I'm like, I'm building up the cash and paying in full because that's, that's expansive to me, not making a monthly payment, building the cash and paying in full. That's like my next wah, like huge thing. Right. And so, but I never went into that container thinking I'm here to make a whole bunch of money. I went into the container to say, who am I going to be at the end of this? 
What is it going to look like at the end of this? What am I going to learn from them? How is it going to develop me? And really, I never went to my coach in those two years. I asked business questions, I guess, but I never went into that container for business development. It was 100% personal development. And, 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 and that coach has said out loud, you are the biggest transformation that's ever come out of my business yet. And she doesn't mean money. I think it's important that going in, though, you knew that. Like you're saying, know what you want out of the container you're going into and what you're looking for. Because I can even, just as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, if you're going into a container and the energy is, I need to make this investment back in order for this to be worth it, like you're already putting yourself out of a place of safety. You're putting yourself where your back is against the wall. Do you think there's ever moments in, in our business where we need that, where we need that kind of skin in the game? I think... This is a loaded question you're asking me. I've never been like, <laughs> it's a big how question. do I answer this? Because I don't, okay, again, let me say this. Whatever you believe is true for you, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Meaning if I believe the sky is purple and you believe the sky is blue, you can't tell me I'm wrong because I don't care because that's what I believe. Right. So like there are times where my husband and I believe on one topic, we believe something separate. And then we look at each other and go, we're both correct. Like that's how we end that conversation is like, oh, we're both correct. And so for me to say, hey, this is my um, perception of high level investing. That's for my belief. I do believe that it takes guts to invest large amounts of money into something to grow your business. I do not care if it's software, if it's a coach, if it's a team, if it's tech, it takes a lot of guts to do that. And I do believe that that type of investment can create an expansive piece in your business, right? And in, but more importantly, in your personal life, do I think you should go into monthly payments that you cannot afford and it becomes a place of, do I pay my rent or do I pay my coach? I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, because that's what I'm, I see that a lot is people come in and be like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to make this money? And the reason I say that is this, we can have all the belief in the world. All the money can come in, right? Like sitting here with you, my phone, my watch has already buzzed. I've had two sales come through and I, I haven't looked, but I know that's what that buzz buzz is. Cause I have it set a certain way. And it's like the money can just show up, right? The money can just show up. The money just, it, it becomes, but we have to be responsible, right? So sometimes we get so excited to work with someone. We don't think, how is this going to affect us six months, like three months, six months, a year down the road. And if you get to a point where you're paying your coach more than you're paying yourself, you are now working for your coach and not for yourself. Oof. That is so good, Lou. And I feel like that could be potentially a little bit of a gut punch for some people listening right now of like, oh no, am I quote unquote working for my coach? Or am I, I think you said it to me in this phrasing once, like you don't want to, you don't want to be working just to pay your coach. You don't want to live to pay your coach. You want to be keeping your money from your business as well. Like like you've been saying, you want to be paying yourself first. What advice do you have for somebody who maybe right now that kind of, that kind of hit them hard? So, and here's what I want to say. I love the coaching industry. I love the coaches who pay, who, who pay high. And I love the coaches who charge high because they know their value and they know their worth. 
And it comes to a place of like, if you are already in a space where you're like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills because I have to pay my coach. Here's what I recommend you do. Go to your coach and be completely upfront with them and say, listen, I'm getting so much out of your container. I'm really excited to be here. I know this is home. Unfortunately, right now, my cash flow does not work for the payment that I already have. Can we move it a few days? Or could we extend it a couple extra payments? Majority of the coaches that charge really high rates don't need your money. They charge you because they know their value, but it's about you making the investment because when you're invested, you actually do the work. Go look at something you did for free versus what you invested in. Chances are you didn't finish the free thing, but something you invested, you went all in, right? So a lot of times the coach will be like, you know what, let's just, let's just redo your payments or let's move it a few days, right? I have, I had one client and she had all her payments coming out like the first of the month. And I'm like, no wonder you're like energetically stressed about money. Let's move this one here. Let's move this one here. Like this goes to week two, this goes to week three, this is going to go on the 10th. And like just changing the payment dates changed all of her energy. And now cash is rolling in. So I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying don't invest high. I'm saying be responsible with the relationship you have with your money. And if you want to invest high, then make sure the payment plan works, make sure the payment date works and make sure you've given yourself enough space around that payment structure in order to bring the money in. When I went into my first mastermind, I paid monthly for the first nine months. And I felt sick. I was like, I can't do this. I hate seeing that number on my credit card energetically. Like even thinking about it right now, like this is how much I get in the now. Like it's, if that was now, like exactly, you can't see me, but I'm like, like, I'm, I'm like, I don't even know what you call it. I'm like lunging on my hands. I'm like sweating. Like I don't like that feeling. And so when I was done that container, I went back to the coach and said, I need a few months because I'm coming in paid in full next time. And that to me was the most incredible feeling. And to be honest, there was a huge shift in myself and my relationship with the coach when I went in paid in full versus monthly, because there was no residue of like, oh crap, how am I going to pay this this month? I'm going to look like a fraud. She's going to think it was like the money was out of the way. We could now do the work. So what's one thing I would invite clients of clients, listeners of yours to be like, okay, wait a second let's create a really juicy, spacious payment plan. Or do we get into their smaller fee containers to get them in our lives and then continue to save the money to do one big investment? Because that, I will tell you, that changed everything for me. And I invest big, like multiple, multiple five figures. Right now, what we're saving for is... um, over $300,000 for an investment that we yeah. want to do next for the coach, right? I want to pay that in cash. Yeah. You know how that's going to feel? That's going to be incredible. incredible. <laughs> okay. I love that so much. And I, I love that we took a moment to go there and say like, this isn't to say don't invest big because you and I both know there is some type of magic in investing that much in yourself and seeing that you're okay and normalizing that number in your world. Like that experience to me has been 
basically worth large investments on their own is I now I'm like, okay, I've seen I can invest that much in myself, in my business, in my growth. I now feel worthy of receiving that. So that I think is so huge. So I'm glad that we took a moment to really clarify there. I love the little tip that you gave around payment plan timing. Such a small thing, but so impactful. Of course, if all of your your payments are coming out at the first of the month, you're going to feel incredibly stressed wrapping up your last month and moving into the next one. So I loved that. And overall, I just want to say I'm noticing this theme emerging, especially as we're talking into the energy of paying in full versus payment plans and how we're thinking about coaching of we have to take the pressure off of our money that it all needs to be there like right now. Like you're saying, you're like, I'm choosing not to go into something monthly and pay monthly right now. I'm choosing instead to wait and save and have that so I can feel really expansive when I do make that investment. But there's no urgency on you of like, but I have to have it now. If I don't have it now, I'm not going to get the coach and I'm not going to get the things. It's this grounded relationship with your money. And it feels like you've really you've really mastered almost taking that scarcity, that urgency of like it has to happen now out of it. And I feel like that's that's a theme that's been emerging in this episode of whether you're budgeting or you're saving or you are paying the minimum on your credit card. It's like, what? how can you feel okay now? How can you feel good now? How can you feel expansive now around your money? And so I just wanted to point that out because it's almost like take a deep breath. Wherever you are now is okay. It's only going to get better from here if you lean into this. Okay, we have to start to wrap some of this magic up, but this has been such a good, expansive conversation. Lou, I will leave all of my guests with this, and I would love to know what your answer is to this question. I believe so much of entrepreneurship is just leadership, but it's leadership of yourself. Like we have Mm -hmm. to go first. And so I would love to hear what does leadership mean to you? What does, okay. So to me, it's so funny because my brain just went in six different directions and like three of them were strategic and then like three of them were energetic. And I was like, what does leadership mean to me to, to try and summarize it in like a really quick paragraph? Leadership to me is taking what you've mastered and sharing it with the world, whether it's free, free, whether it's paid, it's like, I feel like in, if for me, I have a responsibility to teach what I've learned, to teach what I've mastered. It's really important to, I really think a true leader doesn't just take something they've learned and then like change it and then share it. A true leader has taken what they've learned, they've implemented it, and they can, they take continuous action on that while they teach it, while they share it. Right. And so for me, like, I remember when we were like $3 from bankruptcy and I just looked at my husband, I'm like, we're not declaring bankruptcy. Like that's going to screw us over. I don't care. I will eat chicken noodle soup for the rest of my life. Like I will not, we're not doing that. But, and, and as we got things going, as we got building, we got building, I just kept looking at him and saying, the only way I can get through this is to know it's going to change someone else's life one day. The only way. And to me, excuse me, that to me, that's leadership. To me, it's like, yes, we go first. We hear that a lot. We go first. But at the same time, it's like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? And and I'm not, my, my perception, your perception could be completely different, but we're both correct if we want to go back to that saying. Yes. <laughs> but it's just like, 
I like, for example, I have been in the financial industry now for 28 years and I, for the last few years, saw a massive gap between the bookkeeper and the accountant, especially in the coaching industry. And I remember looking at my husband and I said to him, I actually have it on video. I actually recorded us talking in the, in the vehicle one day. And I said to him, I know I'm my own unicorn. I know I am my own unicorn. I know I'm a unicorn in the coaching industry. I don't know how or what, but I know why. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, business coaching. I'm like, why would coaches come to me for business coaching? Like that wasn't, it wasn't that. And what it ended up being was this gigantic hole. It was like, Lou, you know, everything that needs to be known to fill that hole, go fill the void, go. And that's your unicorn moment. So for me as a leader, I would be doing, Emily, you're a client of mine. If I didn't step into this and lead by example and lead online and lead in my own life and like teach and train and mentor what I actually do in my business with you, if I never did that, you wouldn't, you might've found someone else, but you might not be in the same place you are today because we're not, we're not together. Right. And so for me, the leadership part is, is take up your mantle and walk with it. Like seriously, take what you were created and designed to do and to be and though and serve those you were meant to serve, be with those people you were meant to be because you are mm-hmm. here with purpose and you are here to change lives. And that's what being a leader about is taking that. I think it's so important. It. It's so oh, important. That is you know so important. I want to say one last, I want to say one last thing. Cause remember I was just saying what I do in my business and I want to say this. So your listeners know how, how much I do in my business. I help and support clients like you. You've seen my entire profit first process. You've seen my spreadsheets. You've seen every, you've seen inside my, my business, right? Like you've seen mm-hmm. the money. I was like, Hey, look, we're going to set this up for you. This is mine. And so my clients, I lead my clients by taking them through my journey, through my numbers, right? I've never seen anybody out there actually go, come on, client, come into my bookkeeping and come into my system and look at the money I'm bringing in and showing you how it's working for me, right? It took me four years to Matt, like to really get into a place with Profit First. So I was like, okay, it is time to become a certified Profit First professional. It's time to move this into this, this element. It's time to lead this. And so that's what leadership, I know that was like probably like five minutes, but that was leadership. You asked me to summit. You can't summarize the word leadership. I'm sorry, but the definition. You did a pretty good job. You did a pretty good job. Okay. So if somebody's listening right now and they're like, oh my gosh, Lou, I am sold. I need to start my money journey. Where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? The super easiest way is to come onto Instagram, the Lou Clark, Clark with an E is where you'll find everything you need. It's just, that's my central hub, the Lou Clark. Uh, That's the place I would 100% go. And you can come say hi. If you drop into my DMs, it is me. It's not somebody else. It's me. So make sure you drop by and say hi. and Let me know you you found me on this podcast with Emily. Amazing. Uh, We will link it all in the show notes. Lou, thank you again for being here. This conversation was incredible. I know you expanded money and the relationship with money for so many people listening. Thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on the show.
You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And Emily, before we say goodbye to your listeners, I want to just bring something to the table or something to the forefront is that your community is so blessed and abundant to have you because you are a wealth of knowledge and you are one of the most incredible coaches and the way you articulate and the way you talk and the way you work through what you work through, even just with me, with your money is so incredible. So if you are listening, um, through Emily's podcast and whether you're a new listener or you've been in our community, make sure you connect with Emily because you are completely missing out. If you are not in her close proximity or in any of her programs or her digital programs, like get connected get connected. Don't just listen, go take action and get connected to Emily. Oh my gosh, Lou. Thank you so much. You are so kind to wrap the podcast that way. Everybody, please go find Lou, connect and Lou, I will definitely be having you back in the future so that we can speak more life into this for everybody listening. So thank you again, Lou. You're so welcome. Thanks, Emily. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. 3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.